It's, it's interesting. Um, when I was a student teacher, um, there was a student with Down syndrome who uh, I, I, w- I had to get my regular credential before I was able to become a special ed teacher. Back then, that was a requirement. So I was mm-hmm. doing a student teaching assignment in our general education classroom, but a student with Down syndrome was mainstreaming or in- fully included in the classroom with an aide. And um, the student couldn't do the same work as everybody else. And, um, but, you know, the aide helped him at least be part of the classroom and be part of everything. And this was so interesting because I, I would hear the teachers and the staff saying, you know, she should let him go to a special classroom. He should be in a special classroom. He's doing a completely separate, you know, work. He's, he's not doing the same um, thing as everybody else. So why is he even in there? Interestingly enough, she kept him and she fought, fought, fought to keep him in general education up until high school. And, you know, people kept arguing with her and she didn't want it. Well, this is, this was amazing to me. This was a very eye-opening life lesson for me. And that, and it goes to what you're saying. And that is, I saw her years later and she said, I'm so glad that I fought to keep him in general education because being exposed to the, you know, having those high expectations and being exposed to general student, general ed students who you know, they're not playing with Thomas the Tank Engine anymore in ninth grade. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're you know, um, doing different things and listening to music and sitting around chatting around drinking mm-hmm. coffee or whatever. Um, and she said, that was the moment that I realized I had done the right thing because he was fully able to function and, and engage with p- his typical peers mm-hmm. um, without, without issue, without problem. What if everything that's wrong with Eddie is all my fault? Mom says it's not true, but how does she know? I mean, I'm the twin who was born first. Maybe everything would have been different if I let Eddie out ahead of me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of The Box Cutter, where this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, which happens between May 1st and May 31st to give awareness of mental health and mental disabilities. And with me today is returning guest, uh, elementary school principal and former special education administrator, teacher, um, educator, um, Laura Clark. How are you doing? Good. Thank you, Daniel. So the um, movie we're going to be covering today is uh, called True's Confession, a Disney Channel origin movie that came out in 2002 starring Shia LaBeouf. Um, Two-sentence summary about the movie is twins True and Eddie. Um, they're twins, except one has a learning disability while the other is normal. And we see through the perspective of True not only what it's like to be a twin, but also um, the, the, the positives and the negatives of um, living with someone with um, handicaps or learning disabilities, um, as well as, you know, uh, how it affects other people um, within her family. Last time we talked, you mentioned that you started out in special education. What was um, your take on watching this movie? Well, I had a lot of thoughts about this movie. And um, I think just generally speaking, I think it was a good introduction to what it's like to have um, 
you know, a, a, a sibling who has a disability and a, and a son mm-hmm. and a family member who has a disability. Um, however, actually, I think that um, it, it didn't, it, it was a good introduction because it, it didn't go as far as I think that families who actually do deal with this um, have to deal with. Like for, I'll give you an example. The family, the dad is a neurosurgeon. They obviously mm-hmm. have plenty of money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for this family, possibly they didn't have, you know, financial strains or other strains that make it more difficult or challenging um, to, to deal with. So this was a good introduction. I think it was a great way. Like you said, when you were young, you, you saw this movie and um, for someone in your position, it would have been um, a really great way to learn about this topic. Um, but I think that, um, you know, it could even go further into, mm-hmm. you know, families who struggle in other ways and, and, and um, how sometimes disabilities can affect um, the family um, on a deeper level. So um, I, I thought it was a, a wonderful way to introduce children to the topic. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's never really explicitly said what his um Shia character Eddie what his disability is it and I think it, it's very considerate of the um director writer whoever wrote this um because this is based on a book so I guess the writer um of the book and the movie to leave out that detail because um just so that way it's there's a lot of relatability versus um oh this is a uh, movie about someone with autism or someone with them and and so I guess it gives more leeway in terms of um, ambiguity of of just general disability but also giving awareness to the topic of um, I I guess shining a spotlight on not only disability but also those who live a life um, with, with someone of disability. Right. Throughout the film, there's like a kind of a plot. I I guess the movie is more of a a slice of life about a girl and her brother and her family and um, the dynamics that they go through with um, all this. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert in in terms of special education or mental disabilities, but, um, you know, it really does resonate with me, this type of uh, movie, because, well, I guess because there isn't really that much in terms of exposure of the topic when it comes to, like, TV or, or, or videos on YouTube. It's like, people shy away from that type of topic. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do people try and steer clear of bringing up the topic or educating people on on it? I think it's uncomfortable. I think that people who don't have experience with this in their life, they, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't, they don't seek it out. It's not something that they look for and and want to learn about. I think that if a child saw this though, I think it would really open them up to it more. And so I think that we need more, more things in media like this for sure. And, and I love that it's from the perspective of the sibling, because um, in my time in special education, um, especially, you know, their disabilities are 
um, they range anywhere from from profound to mild. And so, and, and, and you have, you know, children and adults everywhere in between on that spectrum from profoundly disabled to, you know, mildly disabled. And could you elaborate more on what, what it means by profound and, and mild? Mm -hmm. So a mild disability would be like a a learning disability where, um, like dyslexia, for example, Mm -hmm. like the person has, they have, you know, they have average to above intellectual ability, Mm -hmm. but they have a processing disorder that makes, for example, reading difficult. So in -hmm. their life that they'd be going about their life and you would have no idea that they have a disability until you put a book in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so that visual processing that makes letters difficult for them, um, mm-hmm. that's when their disability kicks in. Other, other than that, you know, or a speech dis, uh, uh, um, disability in speech where, you know, they might not be able to say their R's correctly, but for all intents and purposes, the rest of their life, you know, they have access to everything that they need. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of moving down from there, um, and as you might know, autism is on a spectrum from mild mm-hmm. to profound as well. So mm-hmm. some disabilities in within themselves um, have that um, that spectrum. And then as you move down, so um, someone who's more moderate to severely disabled might be somebody who has been di- um, has the eligibility of Down syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, or an intellectual disability. And in this movie, Eddie, he was more moderately disabled. You mm-hmm. know, he could, uh, they, I don't, you know, they had that scene where he was, um, didn't want to brush his teeth. I don't know if you remember, she was trying to film him yeah. brushing his teeth. So mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if he was just being obstinate or if he really can or can't brush his teeth. But um, uh, a characteristic of someone with like a moderate intellectual disability is someone who does have difficulty with self-care. So they might not mm-hmm. either know how to brush their teeth or they don't remember or, you know, th- that's sort of in the moderate range. And then from the more severe to profound um, disabilities, those, those are typically people with multiple disabilities. Mm-hmm. So you might have mm-hmm. severe intellectual disabilities where maybe you can't even speak, maybe you can't do any self-care. And you might also have um, physical disabilities where you, even if you could, you couldn't get up to go do it. You know, more b- people who are profoundly disabled, um, more are typically immobile and, and, mm-hmm. and unable to do any care for themselves or communicate or mm-hmm. um, really interact with the outside world much at all. So, um, you know, you've got someone like Tom Cruise on the top end who has a learning disability and has a difficulty with dyslexia mm-hmm. to someone at the other end who wouldn't recognize their own name, maybe can't even hear it, you know, so that's where profound. So, nice. so just, there's a wide range of disabilities. And so I think that's why this movie is an interesting kind of um, introduction because yeah. when you look at Eddie, he really, I mean, he might have had behaviors that were difficult mm-hmm. and he probably would never live in an apartment by himself, mm-hmm. but you know, he could play soccer with the other kids and he could, you know, mm-hmm. so that's why he's in the moderate mm-hmm. range. He, he, you know, he, he'll never live on his own, but I mean, probably, um, but he could still participate in activities and recreation, leisure and mm-hmm you know, have a conversation with a family at dinner. So um, a lot of movies focus on the person with the the disability. Mm-hmm. But in this case, in this movie, they focused on the sibling and there's not enough of that because in my, in my experience in special education, especially when this, when the child is, or, or adult is more moderate to severely, uh, to profoundly um, disabled, the siblings and the weight and the responsibility is 
very, very, you know, they kind of disappear. Their parents are focused on on the, the, the person with the disability and they kind of get left out. They end up in the caretaker role. I thought it was interesting in the movie and I know I keep talking, but I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting when she said, um, I will go have a, a family and get married and go to college. Mm-hmm. And he is still going to be like this. And maybe because it's the movies made for kids that they didn't mention, but on a deeper level. And that's what I was saying. There are deeper, more profound kind of experiences that siblings have to have. She never mentioned and when you're gone, I'm going to have to care for him. Mm-hmm. And so the burden, this this movie kind of shown more the personal impact of having a sibling with a disability, but not really the lifelong impact and the responsibility. I mean, there are some heavy things when you have uh, a sibling with a disability that, that re- will require a lifetime of care. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you bring that up. Um how the way the movie starts out starts you know out of the typical you know kids movie of like oh I wish my life was like a sitcom because then everything would be perfect um you know everything seems fine but as you know when we get into her personal life um a few minutes into the movie that's when you um it's it starts to become kind of clear of like oh I see what she means by she wishes her life was perfect um, because uh, of of her twin brother Eddie, um, you know, having these difficulties. Um, whereas, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, kids always have that desire of, oh, I wish my life was perfect. Um, but in some cases, um, I guess other kids just want to know what it's like to just have that gone for a quick minute and just like experience the normal quote-unquote normal life of, of, a, of a kid without having to be the caretaker or having to grow up and and be mature responsible and take care of their sibling exactly and and I think even part of that too was the relationship with the parents because, mm-hmm. you know, mom had been so focused on the son and, you know, we had more patience for him and more flexibility mm-hmm. and things like that, which if he didn't have that disability, would that have changed her relationship with her mom? Probably. Mm-hmm. And dad, you know, it seemed like a lot of his anger and bitterness and wanting, you know, not necessarily being part of the family had to do with, I mean, they alluded to him kind of hoping that his son would kind of get over it or get past it or, you know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't really in reality. And, and so that kind of made him kind of an angry, impatient man. And so the way that the parents interacted with her was definitely influenced by their experience with their son and how that had an impact on their marriage and on their own feelings about themselves and their inadequacies. And, you know, it's just, if you really look deeper into it, they're, mm-hmm you know, the whole family dynamic is influenced by this. And, and, and unless, unless a family really focuses on that and, and addresses that head on, it could have negative impacts on their relationships forever. So, you know, I, I I think that's another important piece in how this, this, affects the family dynamics and it can be a beautiful thing it can have a really positive one it can bring the family together or it can tear a family apart 
Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, because they, I guess they represent two ends of a different spectrum of parenting where one is very patient, whereas other is very expectant. Right. And, and um, I guess it just shows the two different styles and how it, how it can work and at the same time, how it can clash because the dad um, have these, you know, doesn't want people to cast him, cast his son aside, cast Eddie aside of, oh, he's just like every other um, child with learning disabilities. That's why I guess he had the whole rigid expectations of him being able to do more than people are expecting of him versus his mom, just um, on the other end where she's patient and she's loving and she plays along with him. Um, and that, you know, is, is encouraging and inviting, um, but also it's not challenging him to go past the boundaries people put on him. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that, that you, that you just mentioned in the movie when dad said, you know, we need to um, kind of push him more. And I, and I wonder if people who saw the movie thought that that was a bad thing because dad was such a kind of a grouch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But I think that there's a balance between letting letting them be who they want to be, which is wonderful, being patient and kind and loving, um, and also keeping to push them to say, no, you don't roller skate in the house. That's not appropriate. Because if mm-hmm. if you if you go to somebody else's house and they try to do that, then no one's going to want to 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 socialize with you. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's teaching them how to engage in the world that's appropriate, and that will do serve them very well because they can then possibly get a job. And work part-time or, you know, they can't do that if they're going to roller skate around or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think that you're spot on that there was a, the parents were very different from each other and both needed to grow in mm-hmm. their parenting and in how they, they, they handled things. And so that was very interesting to me. Yeah. And to give a little more spotlight on the dad, um, what you mentioned of him being a grad, so that's kind of what I remembered him as um, and rewatching this movie um, I picked up on the, when True wasn't there with her camera, it was, you could see the intimate moments, you know, when, when, um, when Eddie was, you know, crying on the floor while he was sleeping, you know, dad tucked him in and, and, you know, stayed with them until he stopped crying. And, you know, um, he would play and he played catch with him, even though he would get impatient with how Eddie was throwing the ball. He was, you know, he still makes efforts. Um, it's just because he um, is a neurosurgeon that he, you know, has a stressing job uh, and, and it's, it's demanding that, um, you know, it's, it seems like it's sort of like he's trying to find an escape from his family, but I think what the thing is is that from my understanding is he is, I guess in a way, punishing himself for um, you know, he he's like, why, why can't I do anything to make my son, you know, I guess better? Because, well, would he have that type of career if if his son wasn't, you know, um had a disability? Is is my question of of is he punishing himself um, and just getting frustrated with his family because, well, he feels partly responsible for the way his son was born. 
And that's, that's excellent. It's an excellent point. And it's very common for people. And you notice in the story too, True did say, did I do something in the womb? Should I have let him come out first? I mean, there is a lot of guilt. Um, I'm sure the mom, I don't remember her expressing anything like that, but it seemed like it was an interesting choice of having the dad. Now, is this a true story or is this fiction? Do you know? No, um, it's just, um, it's, it's fiction. It's, it's, um, it's a written story. Okay. So that, so then it was a choice. And I think you're right. I think that the, that it was a very um, calculated choice to make dad a neurosurgeon. Now, whether he was one before um, the son was born or not, either way, I think that the, the it just sh- shined a light on the, the guilt that he might be feeling or the, the, um, the irony of his, his line of business. And, and it can happen to anyone, you know, you you can, you can be a brilliant person in the field of of working on brains and, and this can happen. You know, I mean, I I think that was a really, a really purposeful choice. And so let's uh, focus on mom now. Uh, Mom kind of, I feel I have such a, a soft heart for the mom because she goes through a lot of the ringer in this movie of, um, you know, it's it. she's not purposely leaving out true because of Eddie. It's just that, well, um, well, she she works too and she has to maintain a house and she has a son that has, um, you know, um, uh, learning, you know, is moderate in terms of special ha- is it special needs or um, disability? Is it mental yeah, either, either one is fine. Okay. Yeah, I would say he's intellectually the the right the right word would be intellectually disabled. Okay, so um, intellectually disabled, and you know, it's trying to make time for her, you know, for true, but true um, is is just, you know, at that point in 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 adolescence where she wants her privacy but at the same time she wants to be just told that she's right all the time and and just told the right thing but it's it's like um yeah she just wants to indulge in 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 normalcy but it's just frustrated because you know that's not the reality she she has and she takes it out on her mom I think they did a good job of of showing uh I, I wrote in my notes I wrote um and I didn't, I didn't mean this in a negative really way, but, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote um, very self-focused, um, you know, she, she, at least at the beginning of the movie, obviously she mm-hmm. had a, a, a journey throughout the movie, but I think they did, did a good job of showing how teenagers really are so focused on, they're not necessarily taking the perspective of their mom or, mm-hmm. you know, they're, t- they're, they're, they're so focused on their own feelings and thoughts and, and um, ideas and, you know, and I think you're right. Mom was in a really bad position. I don't know that mom could have won. Yeah. I mean, she, well, when you have, when you marry a man that's as um, highly intellectual and very demanding as, as, as well, her husband and a daughter who's very much like her father. Um, well, it's like, you, it's like, what do you do besides just let out a sigh of, of of sadness and you know take you know take it all in yeah um well moving on past the character 
director let's talk about the movie a bit more um so the whole thing of um true and and her passion for filming and and all that stuff i think it's interesting um kind of foreshadowing of kind of how um daily you know the those vlogs are those, those vlogs that are on youtube of people's lives and um just her talking about you know how she's frustrated or like um and um just like what she plans to do in in, in her life in the future and you know there's this contest where the winner gets their submission shown on tv and you know at first she wants to educate people on you know what exactly the brain does and how eddie's brain is wired and um you know she kind of fails well it's not fail but it's her first draft is a slog and i guess um well we can talk about the part but basically she revises it and and starts to show her life um through her eyes of, of living with a, a brother with um what is it i'm sorry an, an intellectual oh. disability yes thank you um so um i i think it's very mature it, it's very mature for for her to do something that a lot of adults these days have a hard time doing, which is being transparent and and vulnerable um, about their lives. Right, and I and I, I think this movie is about a journey. I know I know you said there isn't much plot, which I agree. I mean, there really mm-hmm. really isn't a lot of plot, but there is a lot of journey, and 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 the characters change, and so I think it was. Um, kind of a metaphor for her own journey that the first video was um, very dry and bland, not because she's dry and bland, but because her perspective, Mm -hmm. her, her, her maturity, her ability to, to see from other perspectives. Like I mentioned earlier, um, it was very kind of one-sided and like, I didn't, you know what, until you just said that she's more like her father, it didn't occur to me until you said that. And so um, it was the first video was very much like her father, like very just intellectual and kind of dry and focused and that kind of thing. And so um, I think that the discovery of more who she is and and exploring the dynamics in her family and things like that coming to fruition in the second video, I think is a metaphor for her journey. Um, and I like what you said about uh, I think where you were going with kind of it was sort of a fortune telling moment for TikTok and YouTube and things like that, yeah. because this is 2002 and I was watching it. And, you know, of course, it's old equipment and old video cameras and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, this really looks like a modern day YouTube, a modern day TikTok. And so it was like, wow, 20 years ago, they kind of had their finger on the pulse of what was coming yeah. up in the future. But um, just as I'm sure as you if you look at videos on, on a 14 year old's um, YouTube channel, Hopefully you would also see the journey that they've gone through and changed as a person over time. But this was, this was a lot quicker and a lot more, um, more specific, but um, I I did like the way that they used the videos to show how she's growing and changing and, and willing to look at things differently. Yeah. And what I noticed too, um, going back to the video, she had a box and in that box, 
it said like top secret and it was videos of her and her brother like as if her life is like a dirty secret she doesn't oh. want people to know about yeah and by her um showing people um you know the what she thought was a dirty secret really empowered her to take control of of her life and not let you know her brother be this dirty secret that she's ashamed of but actually um you know happy that that he's he's in her life that's an excellent point i never thought of that that that's that's <laughs> excellent um and so so there's that another subplot is how true just doesn't feel like she can talk to mom, her mom anymore because her mom just seems to spend so much time with her brother that um you know she just does there's a disconnect it seems and so she goes on um these like met this medical message board about um her brother and you know her mom finds it and you know goes under this uh alias of Didi and you know uses that as a means to guide her um and in terms of how to see the world and whatnot. My take on that is, well, I'm, I can see both sides of it. I can see why, cause well, you know, no one really runs to their mom when they're older now. Cause it's like, they just feel like they're too old to be running to mom or dad or whoever that they need to, you know, work these things out on their own. But in the perspective of her mom, it's like, you know, she, her mom's been through experiences and, and has all this wisdom that, um, you know, she, she feels kind of sad that her daughter is not going to her to, to get this, um, you know, the, these, this advice. Yeah, but, but I agree there's another side because mom wasn't exactly warm and supportive to her either. I mean, she, mm-hmm. you know, when she said she was going to, you know, do this video contest and mom said, you know, Oh, basically don't get your hopes up, honey. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I mean, it, you know, so, so mom, she wasn't the most positive with her daughter either. I mean, she wasn't mean, mm-hmm. but she just wasn't um, always open to her daughter either. I mean, it, from mom's perspective, her daughter was closed up to her, but I think she had also closed up to her daughter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I think towards the, I guess the end of the movie where they try and reconcile, her mom doesn't like stop from watering the plants. Her mom just looks at her and then just keeps on watering the plants because, well, seems like they're just on a, on a period of, of distance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and another point would be school. School was a kind of a factor in this movie of like how she had, how True had a, had a fixation for this boy who was older and, you know, she, she wanted to see, be seen as like normal and perfect in front of this boy that she liked, um, and that if only he he liked her and they you know they went out that her life would be perfect um but you know in a very disheartening way she learned that this boy that she liked isn't you know 
That was horrible. It, oh my but God. it's but it's the reality right? of of the world, and it's like it's we have to be uncomfortable to know how to you know face these types of situations. And there is a word in this movie that was that is thrown around a lot um, that's outdated, but it was part of the regular vocabulary of the time. Um, you know, it it the. I don't even, I don't know. It's, it's like, yes, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, yes. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a condensed form of retardation. Yes. Yes. And that's why, that's why we've changed the terminology. Um, even in, in the law books now, they, mm-hmm. um, they've, they've changed the terminology because yeah, it, these days it's a, it's very offensive. Um, you know, I know this was 20 years ago, but you would never, you know, that, that, that would be used in a movie. Another word that's not really used that I, I noticed they use the word handicapped and, and that's also, I mean, it's not on the same level as the other word, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still, um, handicapped is not necessarily a word that, that is seen as a positive when, when referring to people with disabilities. So another, another interesting thing is, is that, um, when referring to people with disabilities, um, you always use people first language. So, I didn't hear any anything opposite of this in the movie, but I was watching for it. So um, when when you say people first, you mean um, instead of saying um, um, the Down syndrome kid, mm-hmm. you don't say the Down syndrome kid. You say, you know, the, the child with Down syndrome. You put the child first. Mm-hmm. You put the person first. So you wouldn't say um, um, deaf person. You would say person with a hearing impairment. So people first language is putting the person first. And so I was, when I heard the word handicap, I thought, hmm, I'm going to keep my eye out for, for any other things. I noticed the word mm-hmm. you said, but other than that, I didn't notice anything else. Um, I thought it was interesting that, um, like what you said, people first, they didn't say that. They were just saying Eddie. Yes. And I, yes. I think they were intentionally doing that because, well, it's like, he's more than just what he, what he has but also to keep it ambiguous it's like it's not he's not just the kid with um you know intellectual um disabilities he's eddie exactly which was great that was he, he's a person he's yeah. not defined by his disability that, that you're right that's great and um what well, you you and i both work with um children with uh disabilities and so like it's you know, I, I didn't see, well, I guess what I'm saying it is, well, we never really run into that issue of, um, you know, saying, oh, that person with this or that person with that. We, we always seem to just forget about that and just remember that this person, that person, that person, this person. Right. And, but when it comes to issues, we, we keep in mind, oh, it's because they have this let's approach it this way or it's because they do this let's avoid doing this exactly exactly it's about supporting the person and who they are and not focusing on the disability yep right. and and truth friend we're true friends <laughs> um pun uh i don't know intended i guess but um yeah they they regardless of um her brother they were still her friends and you know they they included him and they you know when when true had an idea and she ran home she trusted them to look after oh yeah her her brother um and 
yeah, it's it's like it's not far fetched, but it's it's very nice to see that they're that people can have friends who are genuinely, you know, caring for people regardless of what they have with them. Exactly. Um, and a few other key points, one of them being the kite, the scene with the kite. Um, throughout the movie, you keep hearing that word um, referring to Eddie and it's it's when they get go to the beach you know he's frustrated because he can't fly his kite the right way that he called it stupid and he gets mad at it and from hearing the word so often he calls his his kite that and you know it's very it's very disheartening it's very raw the fact that you know you think that people perceive that oh they don't know what it means regardless of if people don't know what it means they still can you know pick up on what's being said and add it to their vocabulary so the fact that it was just thrown around so much it's like they they tainted his innocence exactly and in that moment I felt like I don't know if I was reading too much into it though that when he was punching it and and trying to smash it that he was kind of angry at himself that he was kind of putting you know kind of personifying himself in the you know shape of the kite and feeling like this doesn't work I don't work you know this 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 is you know he used the word you know the r word and then he feels that about himself and so I think that what people don't understand who maybe don't have as much experience or or knowledge of, of people with disabilities is um, uh, many people who have disabilities, especially you know the more moderate um, to, to severe, they know they're different. They realize it. They, 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 they do. I mean, it, it's, it, it's so true for so many um, that they recognize and they wish they could be different. They wish, and they get frustrated when they find out I'm never going to drive a car. I'm never going to, you know, Mm-hmm. be able to do the same things well how come she and I, I can imagine as a twin it would be even more frustrating because you know it's not like sometime in the future it's now I see my sister driving a car and I can't I see my mm-hmm. sister going to college and I can't I see my sister you know doing these things that I can't and it does it does have an effect and it does help affect their self-esteem and and they you know um so that's why I felt like with the kite he was not just angry at the the kite, but at himself and feeling bad about himself. Mm -hmm. It was heartbreaking. And when you mentioned twins, um, it reminded me of um, when he asked, when they were reading a book together and uh, Eddie asked True, he's like, are you mad at me? Because you never play with me anymore. And it's like, it's hard because you know you can't stop time and it's like just like how she said at the end of the movie you know I'm gonna I'll probably go off to college and end up getting married and Eddie will still just be Eddie and it's like she doesn't want to leave him behind but she can't stay 
there, she has to live her life too. Right. And that's hard. That's hard for everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. And one, one of the other big scenes is um, when they go to the library, the library scene where, um, you know, they, they go to, I guess the local university library, cause it's pretty big, um, yeah. not a local library. Um, and so Eddie is getting some more books and he drops one into the elevator and um, he ends up getting lost in the library and screaming for his sister. Um, what I got from it was parallels of kind of being an adult without anyone to care for you. Basically, he was like, you know, nobody paid mind to him in the elevator. No one cared that he was on the floor. Everyone was just looking at the door and everyone just, um, you know, left the elevator and he was, you know, left somewhere where he wasn't familiar with. And he just, you know, kept running around, didn't know where to go. And for a moment, we kind of feel that panic that he was feeling of, you know, not knowing where to go and, and where to find help. Exactly. Um, the definition of an intellectual disability is not just below average intelligence, but it's mm -hmm. also, um, you know, kind of a, um, lower development in the self-care um, life skills. And part of life skills is just navigating the community, being able to, to um, take care of yourself, but also um, figure things out to, to, to kind of move around the world. And so that really highlighted the differences between the two, um, his, his sister and himself, and how much care he's going to need in the future and how he won't be on his own. I think, I think that was part of what that scene was about was, you know, he, 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 he won't be able to be on his own someday and, mm -hmm. and he'll always need to have supervision and mm -hmm. support. And, and that's, I think when they were sitting on the floor in the library with the books and, you know, she, I think part, part of it was calming him and making him feel better, but I think part of it was just a realization of, wow, you know, this is, this is going to be a lifelong long thing for him and, and a little bit of grief over that. When, when you mentioned they were, you know, she was um, comforting him and just the whole revelation that Eddie's character had of, you know, um, when she tells, when he tells True um, that he's different and she tries to just be like, no, everyone's different, but he just, you know, makes the profound statement of that he, he's tired of being different. He, because he's real different, he wants, he's, he wants to be done with it. Right. And, you know, you could see the, the heartbreak in, in her eyes of, you know, and she just, you know, tries to rationalize with them, you know, that he wouldn't get all the help in school that he'd get and he wouldn't be allowed to do things that his parents let him do. And he would not be the same brother that she loves with all um, her heart. Right. And, you know, not a, not a dry eye where I was. And I thought that it's just, it's very, I think people forget that. I think people forget that people with these, with these disabilities, they, they have the thought of what I want, what other people have. I'm tired of this, 
but and 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 it's like we just we either talk on their behalf or think on their behalf and or or make act make decisions for them on their behalf and but we sometimes take them out of the equation and just think of what in their best interest versus well what do they want right exactly exactly and I guess the last thing we'll touch on is just the whole introspection of family in terms of, you know, when True's um, video was shown on TV because she won, um, her dad wasn't in it. And it, it showed that. And, you know, when her dad asked about it, um, she showed him. She didn't tell him. She she showed him, but she was hesitant at first. Um, but you know, it's like I like the fact that she didn't really say what the problem was. She just let the truth speak for itself of what the camera was showing. Right. Exactly. And um, the same thing with the clip of her saying, "When I, you know, have my own TV show." I want to cast somebody else as my mom. And just right. seeing that, the the one glance back that her mom has, um, her, um, and yeah, it's 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 a thing of we we sh- we are allowed to have our moments of frustration, but we can't just resort to them because they're, you know, they, we find them at the comfort or they're the easier route versus practicing our patience or taking a different approach to things. Right. Although I think that it was so valuable that it was caught on video mm-hmm. and that like dad's outbursts were caught on video because I think that the videos were key to the quick transformation of the characters and the journey that they were on. I mean, it really, you know, put it on, on light speed, Mm -hmm. um, to, to just take a hard look at themselves. So even though it was inappropriate and sensitive for her to say that, I think that the fact that she caught it on video and was willing to look at it Mm -hmm. and, and think about her behavior and be willing to change. I think that was, I think that's the important thing. I think that's one of the important messages of the movie is, you know, you need to take a look at yourself. You need to, you need to realize, you know, how you approach others and how you treat others and to take the perspective of others. And and that was, I think the point of her award-winning video too, is mm-hmm. look at, look at how other people live their lives and, and, and don't treat people disrespectfully without understanding their, what they're going through. And, you know, I think, I think that was really the theme of the film was to really be able to, to understand how other people um, are dealing with issues just like you are. (laughs) Yeah. And I appreciate that everyone at her school basically was like very practically everyone was supportive of just, um, I guess opening up her world to them and showing that it's not just struggles. There's also just, you know, beauty and in the way he lives his life. He he reminds us 
to, you know, laugh and, and to forgive and love. And when she mentions how, you know, he will never get mad at us because we're his world. He, all he knows is to love us. Right. Exactly. I, I, I wrote a quote down um, when she, I just loved it. She said, he teaches me what's important in life. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really beautiful message. Yeah. And so overall, um, Truth Confession um, is available to stream on Disney+. Plus. I feel that the movie definitely holds up in regards to being um, an introduction to, I guess, the, the, the life of, of people who live with the um, siblings or relatives with a intellectual disability um, and the turbulence, the ups and downs that come with um, living with siblings and relatives with uh, intellectual disability. There is a bit of um, harsh, outdated wording. Yes. <laughs> but overall, the message and the way in which it's presented is very, um, very eye-opening. Absolutely. So, um, Laura, thank you again so much for making time and, you know, watching the movie. Are there any, like, you know, last-minute thoughts that you'd like to share or anything? Um, So, thank you for having me again. This was really fun. I always enjoy it. I was really um, happy at the end of the movie to see that they had some resources at the end. So they mm-hmm. had phone numbers and, and, and websites and things so that, you know, you could learn more, you could volunteer, you could, you know, educate yourself more. So it just, I liked how they just didn't end it there. They mm-hmm. really kind of really encouraged you to, to seek other places and to continue the learning. So I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Make sure to leave a comment if you like what you hear. Go ahead and subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, at The Box Cutter Podcast. Send all feedback and suggestions to theboxcutterpodcast at gmail.com because it takes a village to raise something beautiful. So our life isn't a TV show. I'll survive. I mean, just because in real life things don't get wrapped up nice and tidy, it doesn't mean they can't improve. Dad is making an effort to be around more. And he's trying really hard to relax. Don't let it go. Don't, don't, don't! I said trying. I mean, to quote a mom cliche, Rome wasn't built in a day. And mom has promised to be more available. So we can talk and stuff. Yes, I promise to actually listen and be open with her. Eddie, well, I think it's safe to say that Eddie will always be 